Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will revisit the energy transition theme as we examine and reflect on how the pandemic period has impacted consumption trends, what it might take in order to achieve total energy transformation, as well as a look at participation considerations for investors. Joining me on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to the podcast, Nikki Decker, Energy analyst for the Americas, as well as Jay Dobson, MLP and utilities analyst for the Americas, both from the UBS chief investment office. So Nikki, Jay, good morning to you both. Welcome back to Top of the Morning and looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks, Dan. Good morning. Absolutely. So, uh, Nikki J, as our listeners, clients know very well, you have joined us here on the Top of the Morning podcast several times prior to discuss the Chief Investment Office's energy transition theme. So, Jay, as a starting point, it might be helpful for some context, a brief refresher for our clients, our listeners. Can you walk us through the genesis behind the energy transition theme? Yeah, Dan, good morning. You know, the energy transition theme is really all about the shift to cleaner energy, global energy supplies, uh, while serving the expected increase in global energy demand. Now, now we've been monitoring trends in clean energy for many years now. We began discussing our take on how the global energy resource space would evolve with a publication we called Our Energy Future back in 2017. The title of our first report was are fossil fuels becoming extinct? And I really have to give a lot of credit to my colleague, Nikki Decker, for her vision to constructively foster this discussion. Now, looking back five years ago, energy transition was more an aspiration than a reality. Carbon emissions were declining as a result of substituting natural gas for coal primarily. At that time, the newest renewable technologies, wind and solar, were not economically competitive it was necessary for governments to subsidize their development with tax credits. Now, fast forward, we see government incentives still in place, but in many regions, wind and solar can compete on a standalone basis. So the pace of development has quickened, and clearly the energy transition is durably underway. Yet global trends of population growth and urbanization are driving increases in global energy demand that is expected to last over the next two decades. We launched our long-term investment theme on energy transition in 2019. Since then, we have seen an acceleration in the transition trends as utilities and consumers adopt cleaner solutions uh, for energy like wind and solar power, electric vehicles, and energy efficiency. And as we see new technologies emerging, potentially unlocking clean energy solutions in industrial sectors beyond electricity uh, generation, there is new opportunities for consumers, industry, and investors. Today, the energy transition is no longer an aspiration, but in fact a reality. And though the transition challenge is a complex one, we believe there are investment opportunities across the entire energy industry around this theme, which we explore at length in the report. Again, really to summarize, the challenge and the opportunity in in the transition to cleaner energy is one amidst growing energy demand globally. Jay, thank you for providing us with that refresher. Very helpful in speaking to how the theme has evolved since the launch back in 2019. So I know this has been said many times. Perhaps it's one of those things that cannot be said enough. The COVID-19 pandemic is 
well documented as having been a disruptive event, which of course is still ongoing, albeit we are moving in a positive direction. So Nikki, in what ways has the pandemic disrupted energy patterns or consumption trends over the past year, year and a half? the pandemic yeah it was uh, pretty disruptive right but just about everybody on the planet so uh you know i think it's safe to say it took a you know a large toll on on the global economy uh it impacted businesses and industries right across the board all around the world some for the better uh but most for the worst and as we look across the in- industry sectors that um, the hardest hit was energy. Uh, energy demand fell uh, very sharply. People weren't traveling. Businesses were closed. Manufacturing activity uh, was halted or slowed. Uh, you know, within energy, um, demand for electricity held up relatively well, better than other sectors. Uh, transportation fuel demand, especially uh, demand uh, in air travel, uh, also on road fuel uh, demand plummeted, um, and industrial demand uh, uh, also fell uh, very, very hard. Um, we also saw in commercial buildings demand for heating and cooling uh was down just because our office buildings were empty uh so uh all, all told you know pretty epic for uh energy consumption patterns. Yeah, it sounds, Nikki, like the impacts of the pandemic clearly felt in a big way across multiple spectrums within the energy sector. So, Nikki, respective of macro circumstances as it relates to the pandemic, how has the energy transition theme evolved over the past year? Well, you know, as circumstances would have it, uh, the pace of the transition actually accelerated in 2020. Uh, you know, and I, 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 I would point to just a couple of things. First of all, uh, we saw um, uh, uh, the, the two highest carbon emitting energy sources, that's oil and coal. Uh, uh, oil demand, as I mentioned, was mostly affected by mobility constraints. So we saw gasoline, diesel fuel, jet fuel demand uh, falling. And then coal demand, you know, really was a continuation of um, what we had been seeing, uh, perhaps exacerbated. Coal, uh, coal demand has been declining by the uh, ongoing efforts to replace it as a resource for power generation uh, with wind and solar. So, you know, given that electricity demand uh, held up better than in other sectors, you know, that sort of presented opportunity uh, for um, a wind and solar to, to, to gain some market share versus both oil and, and coal. Now, um, energy demand was down uh, at the height of the pandemic by you know, somewhere between 10 and 20 percent, depending on on the uh, energy source from the prior year levels. Uh, it has rebounded a bit. Um, but as you've pointed out, Dan, we are still feeling the effects and global demand is still 
uh, below uh, where it was pre-pandemic. One of the discussions that we take up in the report uh, is on what a new normal um, might look like for energy. You know, at the at the least, I would say uh, we should expect a slow return of energy demand to uh, former levels. Um, that demand that was lost uh, during the pandemic isn't really going to be recovered. Um, so, you know, as we look out to 2040 and for our estimates at, at, at that time, uh, you know, we've, those estimates are now uh, below uh, where uh, we estimated prior to the pandemic and pushed out by about three years. And that is more seen in oil and coal demand. Um, so again, pointing to you know acceleration in in the pace of the uh, transition, I would also point out that uh, you know we've seen many governments sort of rolling out post pandemic uh, economic stimulus packages, many of them. Uh, favor clean energy development. It's a you know nice growth area. It's uh, you know it, it, it helps meet broader goals. The U.S. is included in this group, and uh, you know I think it kind of bodes well for uh, you know energy transition tr- trends of of the future. Nikki, that acceleration of the transition you mentioned, perhaps a positive takeaway from what has been a challenging period. And sticking with takeaways, Jay, what have we learned in terms of the costs and logistics associated with this transition? And what are the implications, Jay, of those considerations to the concept of total transformation, as well as to the longevity of more traditional energy sources? Yeah, Dan, costs and logistics are just a critical part of this discussion. You know, when we look at it, decisions on the energy transition will directly impact affordability and reliability for years to come. Energy development is costly by any measure, and it's highly technical. And I mean this whether we're talking solar, hydrogen, or oil and natural gas. No matter the energy resource, large-scale development requires years of careful planning, in many regions a lengthy permitting process, and then, of course, a massive monetary investment. Then there's the issue of reliability. You know, energy needs to be available everywhere and at all times of day and night, requiring infrastructure for efficient storage and distribution, particularly for wind and solar, but I I wouldn't want to limit it to just that. You know, we are all very, very reliant on our energy sources. So it takes a lot of time and a lot of planning and a lot of money to just you know, reimagine, you know, the energy uh, infrastructure and energy sources as we consider this energy transition. You know, when placed in the context of the world's vast energy needs, bearing in mind that energy supply must keep pace with relentless demand growth, as well as the task of replacing the enormous amount of oil, coal, and natural gas that is so widely used today, progress towards total transformation of the global energy resource base will occur gradually. You know, as Nikki said, the pace has accelerated recently, but the transition will be measured in decades, not years. 
For now, aside from clean energy solutions and power generation such as wind and solar and mass storage, many new technologies remain in a development phase and have yet to be scaled up. We need cleaner energy solutions for, say, flying a plane or for industrial manufacturing, for instance, like in cement and other areas. So for now, end users in these industries, among others, have little choice but to remain reliant upon non-renewable resources such as oil, natural gas, and even coal. Our updated outlook for the composition of our energy resource base was revised to reflect the accelerating pace of this transition, but still taking account all current and pending policy initiatives, technological advances, efficiency gains, all that we know today fossil fuels could still account for over 70% of the global energy resource space in 2040. So I'd say overall, a complex transition that will take time as we balance affordability and reliability in the energy transition. Uh, Jay, when you put some numbers around it, it's quite eye-opening. These are clearly not flick-of-a-switch solutions. There are an abundance of intricacies and complexities with developing and sustaining these alternative energy solutions. So with that in mind, Nikki, we have previously discussed how technological innovations could help unlock solutions and further the progression of the energy transition. So Nikki, what kinds of innovations are currently on your radar that could make a difference? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think first it's it's important to point out that that uh, demand for clean energy uh, will outpace uh, demand growth for fossil fuels, and so this is why you know we're we're really enthusiastic about uh, this as an investment theme, and there are. A, a, a variety of new clean energy uh, sources that are now just sort of, you know, merging at various stages of research and development, uh, but uh, showing uh, great promise. They're especially important, as Jay mentioned. Uh, they will enable uh, the transition, you know, to, to penetrate uh, all industry sectors, not just power generation. So uh, this is uh, this is absolutely essential uh, to sort of furthering uh, you know this uh, this uh, the opportunities uh, for transition. So among the energy sources that uh, we see in early development, and we kind of delve into them one by one uh, in the report, but we talk about um, renewable biomass, uh, liquid biofuels, biodiesel, that sort of thing, biogases, uh, low-carbon hydrogen, you know, green hydrogen, so-called. Uh, this is using biomass-based matter as a feedstock. Uh, hydrogen is especially uh, exciting and attracting a lot of attention. It can be used in a number of ways, among them, uh, fuel cell batteries uh, for the transportation sector. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, garnering a lot of attention. Other important technologies, not necessarily uh, energy resources, but carbon capture and storage, uh, removing uh, carbon from our current uh, uh, fuel base. Uh, even removing carbon from, you know, the air uh, will go a long way in helping to meet 
uh, our goals on CO2 reduction. Uh, and as Jay has mentioned, the energy efficiency enhancements that uh, will be ongoing. Uh, again, neither is a renewable fuel, but both could play really critical roles uh, going forward. So, you know, the current challenge for, for all of these technologies is that, uh, you know, they're still too expensive to be commercial. You know, all all are working to uh, narrow that cost gap with uh, competing hydrocarbon-based fuels, you know, kind of similar to what we were talking about five years ago on wind and solar. You know, it just isn't competitive and requires, uh, you know, subsidies, if you will. Um, I think the effort to reduce these costs uh, certainly is it's underway uh, already. You know, seeing some progress, and uh, we would expect that cost gap to continue to shrink as as the decade, uh, you know, as the decade proceeds. And I think it's, um, you know, I think it's, it's reasonable to expect that you know some of these technologies uh, will be you know, scalable and uh, um, and competitive from a cost standpoint, you know, towards the end of this decade. But again, you know, um, as Jay said, you know, widespread deployment of, of uh, new and clean fuel sources is going to take time. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, these are the types of, the sol- of solutions um, you know, really addressing those end uses where uh, renewable power can't uh, can't help. Um, this is going to be essential um, as as uh, this transition proceeds. So, you know, the pace of adoption, of course, is going to be ultimately determined by the economics of uh, these new fuel sources. Uh, that will be decided by the energy consumer, you know, in transportation, for example, uh, you and I, uh, you know, that our fuel of choice and the car type of car that we select is, is going to be based on economics, um, in industry, you know, the energy source will be selected by the owners of these manufacturing and other industrial plants. And so, you know, they need to remain competitive, too. Uh, So this is the focus for now. Uh, Again, uh, by the end of this decade, you know, maybe the, you know, maybe the opportunity set looks looks different. Uh, But, uh, you know, I I think that, uh, you know, we'll see a few of these technologies, uh, you know, being a part of the mix by end of the decade. It has been said that good things take time, and that holds true in this context. And Nikki, based on what we've heard, there seems to be a lot of exciting technological avenues being explored in order to further this energy transition. And these initiatives, of course, will require engagement and development and perhaps above all else, investment. So, Jay, in terms of investing in this theme, how might our clients, listeners consider an approach? And are there any notable risks out there that they need to be mindful of? Yeah, Dan, it's it's a great it's a great question. I mean, you know, the context obviously is, as Nikki said, the energy transition is now durably underway, takes time, takes money, but is underway. And then relentless growth in global energy demand is supported by population growth, economic growth and urbanization trends. You know, when we get down to investing, I like to think of energy investing sort of like energy planning. 
and that is you know punctuated with the idea diversification matters. Over time, a more diversified array of energy sources is vital in order to ensure adequate energy supplies and to reduce harmful environmental effects of carbon-emitting energy. This, alongside the emergence of clean energy technologies, makes for a compelling long-term investment thesis in our view, but similarly requires diversification. You know, no doubt the investment opportunity set will continue to evolve over time, but these underlying premises, new and evolving clean energy solutions and ongoing energy demand growth will support our investment thesis and, quite frankly, investment opportunity for investors. We think there's an opportunity for energy investors throughout the energy value chain. This could include development and production of new and existing resources, as well as infrastructure for transportation, storage, and distribution. Service companies and equipment suppliers could also benefit from trends in energy in support of the build-out and maintenance of energy infrastructure, development, and production. You know, we may also see traditional U.S. energy companies across all subsectors, exploration and production, service and equipment manufacturing, infrastructure, refining, all of these participating in the transition on a meaningfully meaningful scale, joining the many around the world who are also participating in the shift to clean energy development. New and specialized energy operators will likely emerge as technologies continue to evolve and economically mature. Companies that are advancing technologies that support greater energy efficiency and innovation in end-use applications of clean energy supplies may also gain competitive advantage. But I think the key to keep in mind here is diversification matters in order to manage the uncertainty of the transition. And I'd point out the report includes a list of companies with durable exposure to this theme. Now, briefly on risks, and I don't like to end with risks, so I'll turn it to Nikki in a moment. Turning to risks, investment risks for investors in energy transition will run the gamut between technology risk and obsolescence risk. Commodity prices will continue to matter for the industry, a risk that was starkly evident during the height of the pandemic, with prices for certain energy resources experiencing unprecedented volatility. We believe the societal risks of affordability and reliability will remain important. And as always, other potential risks include shifts in energy demand trends, government policy and regulation, geopolitical risks, and of course, weather-related and execution risks. Lots of complexity is the idea. But with that, Dan, let me turn it back to Nikki for a few closing comments. Okay, well, thanks, Jay. Uh, you know, let me just leave you with uh, three key points, if you will, three takeaways. Um, first of all, uh, the transition is underway, uh, and the trends bode well for ongoing progress towards uh, an energy transition. Secondly, total transition is going to take time. Uh, so, you know, new technologies are going to be emerging. Oil and gas will likely uh, remain a part of the mix uh, for for uh, for the, the the you know foreseeable future. Let's say. Uh, thirdly, um, you know we'll continue to monitor trends. But I think the key takeaway here is the rapid growth in economically viable clean energy technologies. Uh, is what makes uh, this uh, this long-term energy investment theme 
uh, on energy transition uh, 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 quite compelling in our view. So uh, with that, Dan, I'll turn it back to you. Well, Nikki, Jay, thank you for spending some time with our clients, our listeners, to keep them informed on the progress of the energy transition and what the road ahead might look like. Clearly, a lot of exciting progress has been made already in relatively short order, and there's a lot to look forward to as we make our way through this decade and beyond. So looking forward to continuing our conversation on the energy transition, although Nikki, Jay, thank you again for your time and insights today. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me, yeah. Absolutely. And again, today we have been joined by Nikki Decker, energy analyst for the Americas, as well as Jay Dobson, MLP and utilities analyst for the Americas, both from the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including the publication that Jay and Nikki have been making reference to during our conversation today, the latest update to the energy transition longer-term investment theme authored back on May 10th. So for clients of UBS, you can contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about today's topic or receive a copy of that publication directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.